Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hey, welcome back to episode 33. This week's guest is Fiona Barrows. Fiona is a creative business mentor and brand strategist, and she began her journey into freelancing as a copywriter. I chat to Fiona about her journey from working in London to ending up in Froome and her decision to live life a little differently. We also chat about what creating effective copy is really all about. Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to check in and kind of ask how you've been, how's your September been? It's been quite a busy month for me. Um, I think I kind of obviously took it a little bit easier over the summer, but that meant that when September came round, I really had to just go all in. And because it's been so busy, I've been trying my best to be quite mindful about kind of having time um, to myself, going for a run or doing a bit of yoga. And I've been trying to kind of incorporate um, meditation into my routine. I say routine, it's kind of happens here and there but I'm trying to do it on a daily basis because I feel like I really need the headspace um, because it's so quite so full on so yeah so I guess if you are feeling the same way if you feel like September has been really busy for you I hope that you are finding little pockets of time just for yourself um, just to look after yourself Anyway, enough of my ramble, let's head straight into the episode. I hope you like it. Hi Fiona. Hi Anna, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. That's all right. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me. I'm really looking forward to chatting to you today. Yeah, me too, me too. So just before we started recording, you were telling me a little bit about Froome and stuff and um, from what I've seen on your kind of stories and just generally on your Instagram, it seems to be a lovely little place to live. It's lovely. I feel like I need to start the, like the Foom um, Tourism Board should start like paying me on a retainer or something because I do just like keep talking about how lovely it is. Um, yeah, it's just a really nice um, little town, um, but it has a lot of um, like young creative people um, and a really nice sense of community and a nice kind of balance between being kind of quiet and there being stuff going on, um, which I really like. Yeah. Okay. So before we dive into that, um, I guess we could start with you maybe introducing yourself and what it is that you do for those who don't know. Of course. Um, I'm Fiona. I am a creative business mentor and brand strategist. Um, so I work with people who, um, who are going through sort of, I guess, like sticky patches in their creative businesses. So they're feeling a bit confused. Um, some people are kind of just starting out. Um, others have kind of been in business for a while and have kind of got to that stage where they're just not really sure what direction to go in. And they're at the stage where like everything's just going round and round in their heads and they can't seem to make a decision and they're just feeling really stuck. Um, and I just kind of help them basically, like kind of get in there and just help. And we kind of figure stuff out together. Um, and I do a lot of like work on like brand strategy and, um, clarifying people's brands and messaging and, um, helping them kind of communicate what it is that they do. Um, and then, yeah, I live in Froome, um, as we just said, which is in Somerset. Um, and I think, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> it's interesting that you say, obviously, kind of, um, you, you help people who are stuck and you help untangle things kind of together and you work through things together. And I think that's such an important point um, for anyone who works for themselves, especially if you work from home. Um, I don't know about you, but if I'm working, I'm on my own pretty much all of the time. Um, I've only just recently started going to like a co-working um, oh, nice. once a week, which which has been really great actually to change up my routine because of like you know I'd been working from my um, home office for quite a long time, so and it is quite isolating. And I think having someone to talk to um, through ideas, through any issues is so crucial when you're running your own business it is and it kind of it my kind of offering came out of what I really needed and they kind of say you should like create what you need if that makes sense and that was definitely the case with me 
Um, and I'm with you. I mean, I tend to work from a coffee shop quite a lot. I basically treat my local coffee shop like a co-working space. Um, and I'm quite often in there in the morning and then I go, go, go home for lunch and I come back in again in the afternoon. Um, but it is, it's very lonely. And I think that it's really hard to see yourself and your business clearly. I think when you're in it and when there's so much like riding on it for you as well. And, um, I mean, I've definitely found it very lonely and I've had lots of ups and downs and I haven't had a particularly easy journey myself um and I really just kind of wanted to offer that kind of like I really like that like my my favorite thing is when clients say that they don't feel lonely or that they feel less lonely working with me and that's kind of what I really want and I don't kind of pretend to have all the answers which I think there's a lot of people in the like online space who kind of say I know exactly what you should do and you should follow these 10 steps and you'll make six figures and it will all be fine and dandy um, and I kind of don't really, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't have all the answers. I have a lot of experience and I have some things that I am quite good at. And um, I like to think that I have a bit of a knack for helping people make sense of things. But, you know, I just want to be there with you in the trenches, helping you essentially, like working through it with you. Yeah, that kind of tight knit support system, mm. I guess. Yeah, it's so crucial. So before we kind of explore that a little bit further, um, what did your business look like to begin with and I guess did you kind of have um an idea or you know did you want to set up a business straight out of school or what did that look like yeah so I worked in book publishing for six years I was worked at a literary agency in London um and I left to go traveling um by myself around Asia and when I left the idea was to be a travel writer and blogger um and that kind of very quickly I realized that wasn't for me um, for many, many different reasons. Um, and I started doing more freelance stuff. So I started just doing book editing, drawing on my experience, because that was kind of the easiest skill I had to kind of market. And then I started doing more like writer for hire stuff. And I spent a year living in Bali and there's a really big, um, like I, I'm using sarcastic quote marks, digital nomad community there, um, where I kind of met a lot of like other um, creative business owners. So I started doing kind of bits of copywriting and stuff for them. And it kind of like, gradually evolved in a very different way to what I thought it was going to be um, and then when I decided I really wanted to come back to the UK full-time I kind of um, turned it from sort of like freelance writing for hire into um, a business and it was copywriting and brand strategy that I kind of launched with um, so because I really wanted to like offer a tangible deliverable and I think that the mentoring was always sort of in my mind but I was just sort of put off because I just felt like it wasn't tangible enough and I wanted to kind of be like this is what you will get mm. um, but I sort of did that for a year or so and just found myself realizing that actually where I was offering the most value value was through sort of like conversations and that was something that kind of kept coming back um, so I just decided to kind of trial mentoring um, and it yeah and it's worked really well and so do you still do the brand strategy work with your clients but in a I suppose in a slightly different capacity yeah yeah it's more like talking through it rather than me sort of like going away and doing it for them it's kind of working which I never really did anyway because it was always a process but it's definitely like I, I definitely do a lot of the same thing just in a different format um I think and I do still you know I I I love words and writing. So I'm still always like thinking in terms of like taglines and stuff. And I help my clients with their website copy and stuff anyway. It's just in a different um, way. Yeah. Yeah. And would you say that it was kind of an easy pivot and easy transition or did it kind of come naturally or, or did you have any kind of stumbling blocks um, as you were doing that? Um, it wasn't. It, it took me a long time to get there. Like, like the idea had been in my head for a really long time. So, but I had kind of resisted it for a lot of different yeah. reasons. <laughs> um, and then it just got to the stage where I just thought, I'm going to keep thinking about doing mentoring and whether it's the right thing for me, but I can't, I won't know until I actually try it. Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of a big thing for me to realize that like, actually, I don't know whether I'm going to like it and I don't know whether I'm going to be any good at it. And I'm not going to know that until I give it a go. So I just kind of like did like a really quiet launch just to my email list offering like a highly discounted package 
basically saying it's discounted because it's the first time I'm doing it. And, you know, there's going to be some sort of um, like, you know, um, things that are going to need to be ironed out. Um, and I was really surprised by the response I got. Um, I kind of thought I might get sort of three or four people and I ended up with like seven or eight. And, um, and then, and so I was kind of caught with my pants down a bit because I just hadn't put anything in action like nothing like I just kind of sent the email thinking I was going to have a bit of time then suddenly people were like yeah great um and I was like I haven't sorted out how you're going to book and how you're going to um schedule sessions and um the questionnaires and all of that kind of none of that stuff was existed so I kind of had two or three days of just frantically basically creating a business um the back end of the business um and yeah and it did and it's taken me I think the hardest thing for me has been kind of like believing that I offer value just by showing up. Mm, yeah. And that's taken yeah. me a long time to like, um, and I still sometimes struggle a little bit, even though I do get feedback from clients saying, this is really valuable. There's still something about that. I just sometimes do just struggle slightly with, um, but I'm getting there. I'm definitely getting there. Yeah, no, I can totally relate. And I think, I wonder whether that was one of the things that was holding you back to go into mentoring um, to begin with. I think it was. I think it was that, like, am I going to be able to offer enough value? And then also, you know, there are a lot of mentors and coaches in the creative business space. And it was that feeling of like, how am I going to stand out? And then also kind of feeling like I didn't want to promise something I couldn't deliver and not understanding how to um I guess I didn't understand my own brand in a way like which is ridiculous because it's what I do but it's always hard to do for yourself what you find easy to do for other people I think but understanding that um how do I sort of communicate my value without relying on the sort of um like lifestyle selling like I think there's like a and I'm it's no it's not that many it's, it's not like I'm not it's a very small percentage but there's definitely that kind of people who kind of sell their services by selling their own lifestyle by kind of taking and I hands up when I was living in Bali I definitely took a few like um my office today with my laptop by like a jungle pool and you know on a beach and stuff um but there is definitely that sense of like my life is amazing pay me money and I can make mm-hmm. your life amazing and mm-hmm. I did not want to go down that route um so it kind of took me a little while to figure out and then to have the courage to kind of launch into um, sell my services from a position of, and I say on my website very clearly, I don't have all the answers. And I, you know, and I do really try and like make that clear. Um, so yeah, so that definitely helped me back as well. It's kind of figuring out how to do it. Yeah, I love the fact that you actually finally built up the courage to go for it and you just sent out an email to your email uh, to your mailing list yeah. um without necessarily having all the back end sorted and and that's almost like because i think if we were to wait and get all of the back end stuff all perfect and sorted then you're just prolonging that process and you're really kind of just procrastinating a little bit yeah i mean yeah, I did that with my copywriting business. Like everything, I had like everything done and then I didn't get any clients for like six weeks, two months. So, you know, what was the point in doing it all kind of thing beforehand? Yeah, yeah. No, um, I think obviously we, it, I think we can get kind of caught in that idea that everything's got to be sorted and perfect before we can actually move on with things. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as you've just said, obviously, you know, sometimes and obviously you had the two or three days to sort everything out and you did it and yeah you know and and that that's your kind of motivation then to do it and it's I guess in a, in a sense it's it's similar to um the advice that some people give in terms of like when you create online courses is to sell it first and then create the course obviously yeah. having an idea beforehand of course but and an outline and but you know actually being motivated then by the fact that yes people have signed up I've got to do this yeah and I think and it was it was very unnerving to send that email but I also didn't charge a lot of money to begin with and I think that and I was very open and honest about the fact that 
um, this was kind of an experiment. And actually that was what convinced a lot of people, I think, because I was honest and I wasn't kind of saying this is all going to be perfect. I was saying, look, I really want to see whether this is for me and I'm offering you um, something that is really good value to kind of help me figure it out, if that makes sense, um, while I kind of help you as well. Yeah, um, bringing people and, along on that journey, really. Yeah, and being honest about it. And I think that it's something that, like, I think that quite often I feel like a lot of the creative businesses that I see online are sort of like, and this is a bit of a weird analogy, but I sort of feel like they're like Hollywood babies in the sense that like they're born and they're like not covered in gunk or like they're just perfect they don't cry they just like they've got perfect skin they just you know they're just like they just come into the world absolutely perfect and my own experience and my experience of a lot of my clients is that it's not quite like that like I know a lot of people who kind of have struggled to find the right business for them and who have struggled with how to articulate that and have struggled with it kind of not just you know not just being born and then suddenly you know, a couple of weeks later having a steady stream of clients and um, it all just being really easy. Um, and so I think the fact that I have been honest about the fact that my journey has been a little bit um, tricky at times and I have experience of it being tricky and of working my way through it that I think people kind of connect to, I think. Or I hope they do. Yeah, I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Um, I wonder whether you could talk us through a little bit because you said you kind of really needed to take a step back and and look at your branding and what it is that you were going to be offering as part of this uh, mentoring um what were the kind of stages um or you know how how did you kind of work through that what's so ridiculous is that I have my own processes for helping other people with their bands and I just had never really done it for myself and so I kind of sat myself down and tried to kind of treat myself as a bit of a client and work it out and I think the main thing and so the it all kind of ties together in the sense that like I, I never kind of I used to say I was a brand storyteller rather than a copywriter and I really believe in like telling the story of your brand and for me um or like for quite a lot of people I'm not like claiming that I own brand storytelling um but it's that sense of like where how what you do or what you sell or what you offer impacts someone's life like so how they get from where they are now to where they want to be with your help is essentially your brand story and I kind of sat down and worked that out and was like okay so I don't want to say um, right now you're in a really boring nine to five and your life is miserable and has no meaning and you're not creative and you can't possibly be happy because you're in a mainstream nine to five. And then at the other end, suddenly you're earning a six figure salary and working from your laptop and living on a island and all of that stuff. I didn't want to say that, but I was like, okay, well, what can I say? And I sort of like worked through and I used a lot of my own experience of like the things that I had to really struggle with, that feeling of feeling alone and like it's only you and not being able to kind of see the way forward um, of kind of things feeling really messy and not sure whether I'm really like communicating my value clearly. Um, and so I kind of, yeah, I just kind of sat down and tried to like work out exactly what I could and feel comfortable and feel really happy about offering like where what the value was and that really helped me because I saw that there was value in it um and that I could offer value that wasn't um you know I'm going to change your life and yeah that really helped yeah I guess it's it's about not kind of giving false promises in a, in a mm. sense isn't it and 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 I think you know your branding as a whole I think it's very much about staying authentic to yourself and and so therefore you don't want to use kind of language that that um isn't in line with that yeah exactly um and it's something that I you know and I when I was doing copywriting brand storytelling with clients it was always that I always would say look I'm not going to write something that isn't true um and also people see through that I think I mean I think we don't give people enough credit a lot of the time um and then also a part of it was also um my podcast, which I started last year, there are other ways, conversations about living life a little differently, had really resonated, I think. Um, and I felt like I had like um, a bit of an audience there. So it's also thinking about 
that and like the messages from that, how that could then tie in with the work that I do as well. Um, So that was also another part of it as well. Yeah. And if you were to give any tips for anyone who is, is looking to, um strengthen their brand i guess and 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 make it a a cohesive brand um how obviously you've talked about the importance of kind of articulating that value um as a business the value that you provide how can we come up with a kind of a clear message so that our audience really understands what we're about where do we start with that so i think you start with what problem do you solve? So I think there is a lot of talk again in the online community about who, and it's sometimes I, I, I'm never sure that they're that um, useful because I look at my clients and they're very, very different, but what they all have is they have that problem. So I think it's really coming back to what problem do I solve and getting as specific as you can and looking at not just the, um, like the physical problem that you solve, but also the emotional problem so um sort of using as an example it's like the practical problems that i solve are um you know clarifying messaging and helping um like build a brand strategy and helping people figure out how to move forward with their businesses but the emotional problem i solve is that sense of like loneliness and uncertainty and confusion um and i think knowing both of those problems is really important and I think that when you've got that and you can then articulate that that is a really you're basically articulating your value um, Mm -hmm. to someone and that's a really strong place to be in and in terms of um, talking about the kind of um, emotional value I suppose that you provide would you say that that's something that you would focus on when it when it comes to actually writing the copy and writing the you know or, or clarifying that message that you're putting out there yeah I mean I think a lot of it comes there's a lot of um like writing out there by you know people who say that yeah that people don't people buy how they want to feel rather than the thing I mean Apple being a prime example of that um you know, people and people also buy the why of what you do as well. I think it's about getting a balance because I think that you can end up with a very, um, I think it's important to be really clear on what practical problem you're solving as well, because I think otherwise you end up with a very wishy-washy brand, but also communicating that emotional side of things is really important. So I think it has to be a balance between the two. Yeah, because I think with the practical stuff, obviously it's about, managing expectations of clients and and Mm. making sure that they know exactly what where they stand and what they can expect from you exactly and also um you know i think often people come often people search for something to solve a practical problem but end up buying it because it solves an emotional problem so i don't think anyone would ever um like search for a creative business mentor because they feel lonely, I think they would search for a creative business mentor because they feel really, um, well, they feel really confused and they don't know, they don't know how to articulate their brand and they don't know how to, um, which way to move forward. So it's, yeah. So I think people sort of start with the practical, but what they actually really want is the emotional. Yeah. That's Um, such an important point actually to, to consider when you're actually thinking about your branding as a whole and then the messaging as well. mm, Because when I did my, website copywriting copy I really focused on it kind of being like it's not just you get words on a page but it's not just that that you get so it was kind of I was very much like putting my mentoring I guess as like the add-on and I've just shifted it so that that's now the center it's almost like I flipped it the other way around Um, yeah but this also really applies for product-based businesses as well because um you know you can have a piece of jewelry that solves a problem of like what do you wear to a wedding or like um, you know, you need something with a special color in it, but actually it's also like how you feel when you're wearing that jewelry and whether it makes you feel, you know, creative and like it, 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 um, you know, like says to the world that like, I'm someone who really, you know, believes in like buying unique things. And so it, it works for everything, I think. Yeah. And something that I kind of saw on your website, so you wrote that writing should be for connection and not necessarily just conversion um when creating that copy for your website 
Yeah, I think I see a lot of like copywriters and everything talk about like high converting copy. And I think that the whole point of conversion is that basically it's about making someone do something. And it sort of treats people a bit like a like a button or like a like a machine that just needs to like you're just like prompting them. And I just think that that's first of all, I don't I think that underestimates people. And I think people are very wise to a lot of the tactics that perhaps might have worked a while ago. And secondly, I think that actually what people really want is they want to connect to people. And I think that if you focus on building that connection, then the conversion will come but you're not, you're, what you're focusing on is building like a real human connection. And I think that people want to buy from people who are more and more so from people who they like and who they connect to. Um, and that's definitely been my experience with buying from other creatives um, that, you know, I've bought things that I perhaps wouldn't have bought because I've really liked the person and really understood what they're selling and really um, appreciated, um, you know, the craftsmanship that's gone into things or like why they're doing something. Um, and so, yeah, so I think if you focus on connecting, the conversion will come, but it's just a less sleazy way of doing it. Yeah, definitely. And would you say that you are kind of your brand, I guess? There's no other way of putting it. Would you, would you classify yourself as, as the brand? Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. That's a really weird, that's a really hard thing to think about. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing is, is that I think that I like to think, and we had, we were talking about this literally just before we started recording, is that sometimes you meet people off Instagram and they're totally different to how you think they're going to be. And other times you meet people and they're just exactly the same. I like to think that people will meet me in person and will think I'm quite similar. Yeah, how yeah. I come across online. Um, I'm not so. Yeah, so I am, and and all of these things are things that I value. Like honesty is something I just value in real life anyway, and in my friends. So, um, yeah, but it is weird thinking of yourself as a brand, though, isn't it? it I think it has kind of tricky um, lines within it, doesn't it? Because you know you want some form of separation from your business in a way. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think it can be a bit tricky. And I think sometimes maybe we have associations with, you know, someone being a personal brand as someone who's an influencer. And I think maybe that brings up all sorts of other kind of yeah. um, thoughts and feelings about that. So, yeah, that's an interesting, interesting one. But I, I think, you know, it's at least, you know, from kind of an outsider looking in, I would say that you are the brand in, in the sense that, you know, it's, it's a very personal business. Yeah. I mean, it, that has its own problems though. And I have sometimes wondered whether I, sh like I've, it's, it's difficult because there's also, sometimes I wonder whether I would be better off having a much clearer separation between, between business and, and who I am. And I don't really have that separation in the sense that like I, talk about my allotment a lot on Instagram because I absolutely love it and obviously that's nothing to do with what I do but people seem to really resonate and um you know and I have also been quite open and honest um on my own podcast and other people's podcasts about um my struggles with my mental health at times and that is a very hard thing to navigate when you're trying to be professional and show that you know you're perfectly capable of um you know, of doing what you say you're doing, but you're also having a hard time. And it's definitely a very new way of doing things, I think. Mm. But then I also don't think I would be any good at doing a, like, just, I think I would get bored very, very quickly if I was just a business. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's different when you work for somebody else because there is that separation and mm. you are just a person that comes into the office or whatever it is and then you remove yourself from that environment. But I guess, yeah, you, you do share things about your allotment and I absolutely personally love to see it. Um, so I was, yeah. So I think this, people like following people though. Yeah, I well, don't this is exactly like yeah. following brands. I think that I know I get a bit bored when people are just like, sharing the same stuff over and over again and I like it when people have like a 
share something that isn't necessarily directly related to what they do and talk about something different because it keeps it, especially on Instagram, it keeps Instagram feeling a bit kind of exciting rather than just the same kind of conversations just going round and round in circles. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess I wanted to talk to you about, um, well, I guess the name of your podcast, there are other ways, yeah. um, and how you choose to live differently, because that's something that you've kind of talked about a lot. Yeah. So it, the name of the podcast was actually from a blog post I wrote ages ago while I was still living in Bali about talking about like how there are other ways to live your life rather than the one that we're kind of showing. I mean, maybe it's becoming a lot less so, but it's kind of on all the TV shows and um, on Facebook and in the mainstream media, if you kind of, you know, you go to university and then you leave and you get a nine to five career and you get married and you have kids and you get a mortgage and you, you know, and you enjoy certain things. And, um, and I was like, well, I think that that, brings a lot of joy to a lot of people and I think there's a reason it is mainstream because it is but it also it it doesn't it's not for everyone and I I personally felt like while I was in London I was kind of doing all these things because I thought I ought to do them and I was kind of telling myself that they were fun but they weren't and I wasn't really happy and it kind of was a bit of a um like light bulb moment when I was like oh like actually there are other ways and I kind of have this weird analogy of like um like holes in cheese and how like we're all told that like we leave university and there's like a big hole in front of us that says like cheese down here so we all like go down that hole and even if and most people find cheese down there but some of us just like don't but we keep going because it's like oh it's definitely down here and you just keep going and you're not getting any kind of joy and it takes a lot of courage to kind of turn around and come back up and to kind of try other holes this is such a weird analogy but like (laughs) it's just it's very weird but to try different paths and to try different things and to see whether there is um cheese somewhere else (laughs) (laughs) but do you think I mean did you have like a you know did you did you come away, remove yourself from that kind of standard nine to five and all the rest of it, and then really start to reflect on, well, what is it that I want to be doing and what is it that's going to bring me joy and all the rest of it? And actually maybe following this traditional path isn't actually what I want to be doing. Um, how did that, what did that look like? Yeah, it was, it's, it's very weird because it feels very different in, hindsight to what it was at the time and I think that I was and I don't want to kind of paint London as being this like time in my life where I was miserable because I wasn't like I had some really great friends and I was writing a food blog so I was like going out and eating at amazing restaurants and and you know I had a lot of fun I really did um but there was always this kind of feeling of it just like I was wearing someone else's clothes like it just wasn't quite right for me and I didn't know what was and I kind of think I pretended um I kind of appeared more certain than I was about the travel writing because I just wanted to get out and I think that it's hard to think differently when you're um surrounded by people who are kind of reinforcing the um that like are kind of saying like why are you not finding this fun like this is fun and so you're like okay this is fun and you're not finding it fun but they keep saying this is fun so you kind of think oh this is it and it's that kind of, and I think I just, I, I left and then I had a really, I loved traveling solo around Asia. I had probably the best year of my life. It was amazing. But I think I really needed that space to um, like start thinking about, right, what do I actually want? Um, and what do I want my life to look like? And that was when I realized I didn't want to travel full time as much as I love traveling. Um, it's not it wasn't what I wanted to base my life around, especially um, in terms of like then creating content from it and having to travel in a certain way. Um, And I think I really needed that freedom of that year to just kind of wipe the slate clean. And that's also the good thing about traveling solo is that you don't have anyone else's influence. Mm -hmm. And it became clear quite quickly, like what I did actually really enjoy and where I was getting joy and where I wanted to spend my money and 
and that was really valuable for me and then I spent a year or just under a year living in Bali and kind of being around other people who were all kind of on the same were all thinking about the same questions and who were all like trying things a bit differently and that was really good because it kind of gave me that space to that kind of confidence um and reassurance of you know of being around people who so you don't feel weird for kind of questioning whether um this is something that you want because everyone was questioning it yeah yeah you make a really interesting point about kind of removing yourself from other people's influence and i think that's exactly kind of what you just said about you know being surrounded by people who are doing the same thing in nine to five jobs and stuff and obviously then that becomes the norm and Mm. that's kind of just all you're used to so it's, it's very hard to kind of remove yourself from that and actually think outside of that box actually um so I suppose obviously you were able to go away and travel and and find that space and time for you and to I was kind of very process to be able to do that definitely oh no yeah but it, even aside from that I think maybe for people who perhaps don't even have the time at the moment mm. to kind of do that is there anything that they can do to maybe kind of tune into um yeah just exploring that kind of you know what 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 do I want life to look like um I mean definitely I mean I did it in quite a like radical way and I don't think that that is necessary or you know or has to be done at all I mean I I just felt and this is where I sound very like um oh I went and found myself like gap yard like I, <laughs> I hate that kind of like I don't want to go down that but I did feel very much like I didn't know who I was and I just people used to tell me who I was and I would be like right that's it and I would like take what they said as like read like I remember someone saying oh you're such an extrovert and I was like right I'm an extrovert I'm not I'm a massively introverted (laughs) and and I think that there's always people around you telling you and people do it from like a really good place like your parents want you to be happy but I think that just recognizing that what makes someone else happy doesn't necessarily make you happy and that's okay and it's okay to um not find going clubbing fun which was a big eye-opener for me I think that was like the first thing that I was like you know what I just don't enjoy this I'm gonna (laughs) stop trying to go out drinking staying out late because I just don't seem to have fun um you know I think we're all different and it's not necessarily that someone that it's wrong for someone else it's just that you have to find what's right for you and I think that kind of really like recognizing that and trying to just like what what, like what are the moments that give you joy like what do you really enjoy like what parts of your day do you really look forward to what parts of your work do you really like and what parts don't you like and just being really honest with yourself and then I think also finding community of people who are also asking themselves the same questions because even if they're not coming up with the same answers at least they're asking the same questions yeah and you're starting that dialogue yeah exactly um and just being honest and you know I think that that there's you know I think we're kind of there's this kind of like I know that I definitely thought that like happiness was like you know like a a boyfriend and then marriage and babies and a nine and a really great career and you know and it it, and that's not necessarily true and I think just recognizing that that doesn't have to be true for you and then yeah and then just getting honest but it's hard and also don't expect to get the answer straight away because Mm -hmm. that's the other thing is I think I thought that I would leave and like six months later I would be like super clear on what I wanted to do and I'd be doing the work that I loved and everything would kind of fit neatly together um and it wasn't like that like it's a process and you know I left London um four years ago now and I'm still figuring this stuff out like it's not um like yeah the answers haven't just like popped out of the sky fully formed um yeah yeah I think it's um, with anything like that and it's kind of this self-development work, I guess, um, not to sound, you know, too woo-woo, but it, well, it is, isn't it? And I it's think, like, go woo-woo, love the woo-woo. It's great. Yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's, it is a process and you kind of uncover certain things as you go along, but then 
you move on to it's almost like uncovering another level a little bit Mm. and you move through these levels and you kind of uncover a little bit more about actually or fine-tuning things as well I think you kind of have a rough idea of where you want to head but actually you don't always have the exact answer or the exact route or the exact destination you might just be kind of following um I don't know um just yeah a little trail and then letting that take you somewhere yeah and it's what I said what we spoke about at the beginning with um when I sent that email offering mentoring so I think you also have to try stuff and I would never have known that travel writing wasn't for me until I like actually made the jump and tried to do it and I think you have to I think we try and figure our lives out if you're anything like me you try and figure your life out in your head and I don't think you can do that and this is the lesson that I have to learn over and over and over again um is I can't figure out my life in my head I have to figure it out in reality and I have to like take action and then get that feedback and it's something I'm always telling my clients is like you know like take the action and get the feedback and feedback both from other people and from you like did you enjoy this was this good how did this feel for you like did other people get value from it and then go from there but it's sort of like and also recognize that we're not static people and that you need different things at different parts of your life and I always had this feeling that there was like this like one true me that I had to like I was like I don't know who I am like and there was this like and it was like and I've realized actually like the fact that like now I am based in Somerset and I love going for long muddy walks and I get excited about my compost heap and growing vegetables and all of that that doesn't you know it's not that like the person who I was in London it was like that's what I needed at that time like for me that like social life and that like was really important to me and I think I'm really pleased that I I did it and the same as like when I traveled for three years I'm so pleased I did because I had amazing experiences but and I can that was what I needed at the time but now the thought of leaving the country makes me want to vomit but that doesn't mean that it wasn't right for me back then yeah and it doesn't mean that it's not going to be right for you and no. yeah and it might be that like I decide I want to travel again um in another year or two years time or that I decide I want to live in London again and I mean I think that's unlikely but you know it, it that might be and I think just recognizing that we're not these like static people and it's the same with our businesses like I think that and it comes back to this idea of like the the business being like this perfect Hollywood baby like I think that it's okay for business to change and develop and to grow in different ways I was gonna say grow new tentacles and then realize that it's just really weird metaphor of a baby growing tentacles (laughs) but to go in different directions yeah yeah and so going back to kind of um you know, living your life a little bit differently, I guess. What does your day-to-day look like now? Um, so right now we're recording at the very end of August and I am very much out of a routine. I um, wish I could say I have a great routine right now and I don't. I've purposely taken my foot off the accelerator over the summer. Um, I was having a bit of issues with um, anxiety and I just kind of wanted to like actually get to the root of it. And I was in the fortunate position where I could um, make ends meet by not sort of pushing forward I have enough like ongoing work so I just decided to just have give myself a bit of breathing space over the summer and just do what needed to be done um but not kind of push forward because I think that when you work for yourself there's that thing if you always need to be doing more 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 and you need to push forward and actually it was quite nice just to kind of take my foot off the pedal and just kind of give myself the breathing room to just um yeah to just kind of figure things out a bit um but I generally generally work around my my routine changes a lot depending on the seasons so for me being outside is really really important I have to be outside every day I have to get at least 10,000 steps in if not a lot more um I love being in my allotment so in the summer I tend to bunch my work in the middle of the day when it's hottest and go out in the morning and afternoon and then in the winter that flips and I tend to take like a three or four hour lunch break in the middle of the day to go outside and have a really good walk and then work when it's kind of dark um in the evening yeah that sounds amazing actually it's kind of working with the seasons and uh, and adapting um Mm. to kind of the light and everything else that's available yeah I think it's it's just like for me I just I just love being outside like I am happiest when I'm outside and um yeah and it just I I 
feel like there's that kind of and I think a lot of us have it as a bit of a hangover from our nine to fives that we feel that we have to work nine to five but I do try and go with my productivity and the main thing I always tell myself is I'm not being productive I can get up from my desk and I can do something else because I spent so long when I was in a nine-to-five job just sat at my desk looking at the Daily Mail website and not being productive um and so I do really try I mean obviously that still happens sometimes but you know I do try and just go like okay you're not being productive it's okay get up go outside go for a walk and then come back and try again and have you tried to kind of map that and, and see, you know, when you are super productive, like the timings and stuff? Or yeah. Have... So my most productive time is normally before 10 a.m. So I'm, an early, I'm a morning person. And um, I'm quite often, I stay in my pyjamas and I tend to get up and make coffee and then um, get straight to work. And if I'm on it, I can get a good ch- most of my work done before sort of 10 and then I then I'll have a shower and I'll go out for I'll go to the coffee shop or something um but that is a really productive time for me I'm awful in the afternoons um unless I have client calls so that's when it's then quite a good time to kind of have a client call and then like um that it's absorbing enough that it doesn't that it's um that that's a good time um and I'm useless post four or five o'clock in the afternoon um mm. <laughs> I'm not uh like I just, I just, I lose all concentration. Um, so, but then it's also sometimes you just, I don't know, but then that's kind of like the general rules. But then sometimes I have had occasional evenings where suddenly I'll like sit down and we'll just get on with stuff. Um, but yeah, but generally it's like a morning. Mornings are my most productive. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to kind of tune into that and be a little bit more mindful of, when is it that actually I feel my best to then mm. kind of do your best work? Yeah. And, and also I try, I'm not doing it at the moment, but what really worked well for me was when I would um, turn, make sure that my internet was turned off my laptop before I went to bed. And so when I woke up, I wasn't getting emails and stuff. And so I'd wake mm. up sort of, I'd get my laptop open about 7.30 ish and I would just work for two and a half hours or a couple of hours. And then I would open my emails. Um, oh I like that yeah that was so good for my productivity because it was when I was my most creative it was when I was like doing a lot more writing and I found that really really good um but as like everyone like I you know you do stuff that works really well for you and then suddenly you kind of forget yeah and you you stop doing it (laughs) exactly you fall into a bit of a pattern you follow it for a little bit and then you fall off the wagon again and Mm. it's yeah it's just finding what works at the time I guess isn't it yeah um but that might be something i bring back because now, now that i've mentioned it yeah it sounds that sounds like a good idea so <laughs> so what are your goals for the coming year um as i said i'm not i haven't been massively focused on progression over the last couple of months so um i am struggling with that i need to kind of I'm kind of been counting on the back to school energy of September a bit in mm-hmm. terms of, I think I need to like sit down and think, right, what are my goals for the last kind of quarter and a bit of the year? Um, and take a bit of time to really think it through because I'm not entirely sure. I really enjoy the mentoring and I would like to grow that and to do more of it. Um, I'd like to do more of my podcast and there's been another idea for podcasts. that's kind of been going around in my head a bit. But I think really for me, it's kind of getting back to a place of, um, it's getting back to a place of creativity. And it's so ridiculous because, you know, when I talk to clients, I always say like, you know, it's a creative business that you need to focus on the creativity, you need to um, protect and sustain and fuel your creativity because otherwise you don't have a business. And I've let myself kind of um, get out of that so I've been giving a lot of advice and not taking it myself um and so I'd really like to kind of get back into better routine and be more creative and start writing again on both both newsletters and blog and just starting to create again and just articulating what's kind of going on in my mind a bit more so it's not very like I know like big lofty goals of like how much I want to earn and stuff it's just I just like to kind of end the year feeling like um like my business and life are working for me and that they're sustainable and um fulfilling 
and also that they're not the only thing in my life like I think that's also really important to me um so yes yeah I love that I love that part about you know actually creating a business that works for you and um and like you say it's not all about work it's not and I think that as someone who you know I do you know I have had bad patches with anxiety over the last couple of months and there's something in um that Liz Gilbert said in an interview where she said like she's a writer but her main job is looking after her mental health and that really resonated with me in the sense that like I want to make sure that I am um yeah I'm doing everything I can to protect my mental health and to look after myself and that my business is um contributing towards that rather than being something that I have to work against yeah absolutely no a hundred percent I found that myself in terms of you know actually really putting myself first and and putting that well-being um as a priority because I think for a very long time that was like the last thing on my list because Mm. I had all the other things to do um and but I guess the you know comes a time where you realize actually if I don't put myself first and I don't uh, prioritize the well-being like you say you won't have a business because you're not going to have the energy you're not going to have the creativity all of the rest of it that follows exactly and when you work for yourself like you are your business and you do have to you know it's not like I can I mean not that I do this anyway but it's not like I can go and get really drunk and then um be really hungover and do and just like sit at my desk all day and not do anything like if I have client calls the next day then you know I want to make sure that I show up and that I'm in a good space as much as possible obviously it's not always possible but you know you want to make sure that you're really kind of like showing up as best as you can um and that does mean I think yeah prioritizing yourself and putting yourself first and realizing that it all kind of has to work together I guess yeah absolutely and on that kind of positive note (laughs) putting yourself first um where can people find you they can I have been having a bit of an Instagram break but I will be coming back soon um so on Instagram I'm at F Barrows um I mainly just share about my allotment there now I'm not gonna lie and walks I go on um and stuff like that but yes um, I'm on there and then my website is www.fionabowers.com and then my podcast is called there are other ways conversations about living life a little differently and it is on uh, everywhere where you would, I think pretty much everywhere where you, people get their podcasts. Um, so yes. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. It was a really um, great conversation. I really enjoyed it. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'd be so, so grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can find this podcast too. See you next week. <laughs>